Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where we're here to discuss what some are calling the Super Bowl preview. We have the San Francisco 49ers at San Francisco on Christmas Day. Will it be a jolly day for the Ravens? Unclear, but we are here to discuss it with Aaron, who, if you're a longtime listener of the show, back in the Ravens recap days we had on in 2019, to discuss, uh, you know, this team. You know, what ended up being a very wet game uh, that uh, the 49ers lost, but uh, we went to the Super Bowl that year, so it was all right. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> uh, indeed, you guys did. Well, we thought back then that that game was going to be a Super Bowl preview for 2019, and, you know, San Francisco obviously kept up their uh, end of the bargain there. But, uh, yeah, we'll see for this year. Um, it's going to be, a, man, what a matchup that the NFL, you know, had here for Christmas night. Both number one seeds, um, both two teams. I mean, gosh, these defenses are playing excellent. And you have two of the most exciting offensive players in the game right now, Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey squaring off in this game. Um, I mean, what more could you ask for? Well, I thought you were talking about Brock Purdy when you said two of the most. Uh, I, I almost did. You know, I was <laughs> close. You know, was too. Like, Is that a slight? <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be a great game. I um, I'm really really excited. It's kind of the best Christmas present, uh, you know. Just I'll get to watch some kids open some presents, and then at uh, six fifteen my time, I get to watch the Forty ers take on who I think is probably the best overall team in the NFL, uh, and hopefully lay the smackdown, take the crown. <laughs> hey man, I I too am like just thrilled. It is the game that. You know, every Ravens fan is basically saying, like, not only are they excited to see, but we also know we can lose this one. Like, we really just need to be Miami. That's like the number one concern. But obviously, you know, we're greedy and we want to win everything. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's a, a hugely important game for both parties because I think, you know, I'm not sure. Does, did you guys clinch? I think you guys clinched uh, making playoffs. So we, we right? clinched. We clinched the division. Uh, so we're guaranteed a, a home playoff game. It's a little bit tougher for us. The, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Eagles tonight, but uh, the Eagles have a pretty cake schedule the rest of the way through, and 49ers have to get past the Ravens and the Rams in Week 18 uh, to try and get the number one seed. So uh, it's a pretty important game for us. Right, though the, the Niners do have the head-to-head over Dallas and the Eagles, right? They do currently, yeah. But if they lose one and the Eagles win out, then it's, it's done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Yeah. Wow. You really want that uh, Browns game back, I bet. Or some of your other like really disappointing losses. Well, so it was yeah. three straight before the bye, right? Three straight losses, I yeah. think. Yeah, they lost uh, to Minnesota. Uh, they lost, uh, or sorry, to Cleveland, then Minnesota, and then Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Back we know how that feels all too well with uh, losing to the, the Colts and then the Browns game. And uh, Did you see the statistic during the game? It's, we've been up the last two minutes of every game this year. <laughs> How do we have three losses? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the Ravens. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess going into that too, um, you know, the Niners and the, the Ravens definitely do have a similar, um, similar type of just, uh, you know, I guess construction of, of the, of the team they want to build. So, I mean, I think, you know, you're looking at the Niners schedule, you have a lot of, um, you have honestly a lot of uh, heavy leads from the Niners. Um, I mean, even going back to earlier in the season, they were, 
uh, putting up a lot of points and uh, you know, their defense was holding uh, the opposing offenses to not so many points. So, I mean, they have a couple blowouts here, even against really good teams. Um, you know, Niners, Cowboys, 42, 10, uh, you got another one. You've got, um, you know, Niners, Jags, 34 to three, even the game against the Eagles, uh, 42, 19. So, um, you know, like the Ravens, I think the 49ers can, you know, they've got the offense to put up a ton of points. They've got the defense to hold those opposing offenses. And, you know, honestly, I think it's it's going to be one of those, um, you know, rock and a hard place situations, I think, going into this game of like, you know, both these teams have proven they can compete with the best of them and now pit them against each other. What kind of, uh, you know, what kind of game are you going to end up with? It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm really like, it's interesting to think about the 49ers coming out of the last 18 months or so. Uh, thinking about Trey Lance taking over the reins of the, of, of of a team from Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt within two days, and just kind of the world shifting, right? Like follow that up with the Jimmy uh, injury, uh, and now we've got uh, you know, I guess the odds-on favorite for MVP, but uh, but uh, somebody that nobody thought was going to be there taking on. Uh, uh, taking on the mantle of kind of maybe the next generational 49ers quarterback, uh, you know, the, the addition of Caffrey, right. For, you know, I mean, a good extension, but as far as the cost goes, I mean, it's, it's an incredible value. It seems that they got him for. And yeah, I mean, the, the fortunes have really turned over the last year and a half. So. Yeah. It's, it's really such an, an interesting story. I mean, one of the most interesting, uh, from the quarterback positions, you know, maybe since Tom Brady. Um, I mean, I guess T- Tony Romo came out of nowhere as well, um, but he didn't do it right out of the gate, which is what Purdy has done since he's gone in there. Um, I guess we got to ask you about Purdy because it's the big question that seems to be dominating the headlines right now with him being in the MVP uh, consideration. Um, from your perspective as a Niners fan, uh, game manager or franchise quarterback, or too early to tell? Can't you be both? I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's however you want to answer it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't really love the debate and I follow a lot of beat writers and obviously I follow a lot of folks that have pretty strong takes on football. And so, you know, my, my timeline on, on Twitter or whatever blows up about this stuff all the time, you know, but listen, I think that it's without a doubt the case that he has incredible weapons around him. Uh, that uh, he's got a fantastic offensive quarterback, or sorry, a coach, right? Like Shanahan is one of the best. I mean, Shanahan made Matt Ryan an MVP. Uh, <laughs> no offense to Matt Ryan, but a little bit of offense to Matt Ryan. And I mean, Matt Ryan's um, not, is, he's no Joe Flacco, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is at least. Joe Flacco still playing, by the way. <laughs> right. Still winning absolutely. football games. <laughs> It says something if, uh, you know, the New York Jets won't even give you a call to have you come in for a tryout midseason, right? But, um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I think for Purdy, like, listen, let's let's kind of put it in context. He has an EPA per play of, like, 0.37, which is about 75% more efficient than the next, which is Josh, Josh Allen at 0.21. Right. And yeah, so that is, that's partially scheme. I get it, but it doesn't happen if the quarterback doesn't execute. Right. And that's all that he's done. You know, he's got, um, I think a touchdown 
and this is speaking to the efficiency, he's got a touchdown uh, percentage uh, of 7.6, right? So 7.6 of his uh, uh, his passes go for touchdowns. That's an insanely efficient and likely long-term unsustainable stat. But during the five regular season games that he started last year, he was at a 7.6% touchdown rate as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think the guy can play. I think, and and we see it, and like he's near the top of every single metric across uh, across the board. Do I think he's the MVP? I mean, I think he's the MVP because we view MVPs as quarterbacks, and he's putting up the counting stats, right? And so I think that matters when it comes to uh, how people uh, choose uh, at the end of the year. But really, what I think is, you know, we're talking about the Super Bowl. I think that if Lamar comes out and smacks uh, the Niners and Purdy has a rougher game against, you know, the number one or number two defense in the league, depending on different metrics that you might have in in the Ravens, maybe Lamar is the odds-on favorite and Purdy falls back. But if Purdy puts up a performance like he's put up over the last few weeks, I mean, he's basically just solidified the MVP award, I think. Yeah. I think for me, like, the only – my only question is, like, if you inserted a different quarterback, you know – you sort of Joe Flacco on both teams. <laughs> Going back to Joe, right? Like current Joe Flacco on both teams. Would what would the be think of the bigger delta? And that's where I think like I think the Ravens would be sunk <laughs> without Lamar. Whereas like you guys have all those skill weapons. I'm like I, I, Joe throws a pretty good ball. <laughs> you know, like it might be okay. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you're I think you're right. Like uh, just in in like the broader sense of it, right? Like I think that. Um, and that's the schematic advantage that that he has um but i do take a look at what he has done and you look at it historically and like these numbers are just insane right like he's his average net yards per attempt is now second to only uh i believe like peak peyton manning over the course of a season right like i mean his uh He's just behind Kurt Warner in some of the counting stats from the greatest show on turf, right? Like, and so it's tough. You're right, like, to say that other quarterbacks can go in. I mean, Nick Mullins for a period had some good numbers with the 49ers, uh, you know, shout out to Minnesota great Nick Mullins. Uh, but, uh, you know, we take a look at it overall. He just continues to win. And so the question is, is, is it him? Uh or is it CMC, or is it a combination of both? And I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, they started talking kind of back to each other, like the Spider-Man meme of, you're the MVP, you know, you're the MVP. And that's kind of been the talking <laughs> point coming out of Bay Area media over the last couple of days, is they're both pointing to the other one and saying that, that, that that's who the real MVP is, right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I, it, it's, it's a crazy thought experiment to, to look at what, you know, where San Francisco would be right now you know, had you guys not drafted Purdy, it had uh, the, the Christian McCaffrey trade not been made. Because, I mean, you look at, you know, what happened with Trey Lance there and, you know, Elijah Mitchell was a surprise his rookie year. But, you know, while he has talent, couldn't stay healthy. And with all due respect to him, he's not Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, there's only one Christian McCaffrey in the league right now. I mean, maybe Jameer Gibbs gets there, but it, it as a dual threat, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is just on another level. Um, if I recall correctly, and maybe I'm, I'm misquoting you, but I, I think you had some uh, 
some skepticism about the trade when that was originally made. You know, that's maybe San Francisco didn't need to give that up for the offense. Um, now that McCaffrey's been there for a while, um, what's your take on that? Is he really, do you think San Francisco would be right here with what they already had? Or is he really catapulting them to this, uh, you know, number one seed? I was wrong. I'd like to go on the record here <laughs> in front of the world and say that I was wrong. I mean, you know, I'm kind of team running backs don't matter when it comes from a value perspective, looking for replacement level uh, running backs where, where you can find them and having the offensive line do the work. Um, Christian McCaffrey has done exactly what the 49ers thought that they were going to get from him, and maybe a little bit more. I mean, what I think that I didn't think of as much as I should have uh, is just the versatility that he provides. And that's, that's kind of the Shanahan scheme piece too, right? Is that, you know, whether you have Debo, Debo Samuel, whether you have Kittle, you have uh check, you've got CMC, they can line up all over the place. It allows them to basically run the same play multiple, uh, uh, multiple times, but with different uh, pieces uh, and different alignments. Um, you know, it creates something that is very, very hard for, uh, for other teams to defend. And I mean, that's why I think there is actually, if it wasn't a quarterback award, an argument that uh, somebody like CMC could be uh, the MVP, right? I mean, he's got 800, or sorry, not 800, 1,800 <laughs> scrimmage yards already, right? He's got, he's got um, almost 1,300 rushing yards, and I think he's nearly 300 yards above the second closest person, which is Raheem Mostert. He's got 20... Uh, passing and receiving touchdown, or passing, or sorry, twenty-one passing, receiving, and rushing touchdowns this year, right? Um, so, yeah, I uh, more than many teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like literally, like I, five I, teams. <laughs> like more than my my son's favorite team. For some reason, my my six-year-old is a <laughs> fan of the Jets, and he's. Wishes that McCaffrey on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he likes the color green. So, <laughs> does, does he not realize the Eagles are green as well, but also good? <laughs> yeah, but he wants to continue to live in my household, and so <laughs> okay. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I see. <laughs> AFC <laughs> team. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Uh, so yeah, amazing. no, I think I think he's pretty incredible, uh, and. I mean, that's not, not news to anybody, but um, that's why he's, he's the case for, he's the other case for the MVP, right? I think that there are four people that are legit MVP candidates and only two of them are probably going to get votes, which like at the end of it, unless Dak bounces back, I think it's going to be Lamar and Purdy. But uh, otherwise, I think it's uh, Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. We're going to be talking about them over the next two weeks. But uh, but yeah, going to McCaffrey, I think, um, you know, he, to me, I think is definitely the X factor for this game. Um, you know, thinking about the Ravens, I think they've struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks uh, defending the run. And certainly McCaffrey, I mean, he's just got like an un- unreal uh, level of explosion um, and versatility that you can, you know, bring him in. And I think, um, you know, I think he's going to be a force definitely in the passing game, too. Um, you know, our passing defense, I think, is uh, more of a strength for this team. But I do think, um, you know, sometimes uh, 
Ravens had a ten- have a tendency to um, you know play back a little bit further, um, kind of cover the weapons on the back end. And when you've got a guy like McCaffrey, um, I, it just it makes me a little bit worried with uh, some of our linebackers matching up against him and just you know maybe thinking he's going to be out in the flat, and then all of a sudden he's running a wheel route. Um, you know, we've seen a, a few of those given up already this season. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think, um, you know, I, I I think this is going to be one of the toughest matchups for the Ravens this year. I think the closest game in comparison might be the Rams, just because McVay also from the Shanahan tree. And, you know, we saw how that was like the Rams put up a, a ton of offense. And honestly, you know, the Ravens, I think we're kind of lucky to, to outlast them on a special teams touchdown. So, in overtime so yeah it'll be it'll be it'll be crazy um you know for me I'm, I'm definitely kind of expecting this to be more of a shootout level um and hopefully we get the best of you know both these candidates talking about um you know this offensive scheme i think the thing that they try to do is really exploit your middle linebackers kind of like what you were saying chris and that's where a lot of nfl teams are not built now the Ravens have really good inside linebackers, but I don't know if they're good enough. Like that's that is my question as well. <laughs> when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey, and you also just have you know Kittle and Ayuk and Depot all just like running around all out there. I mean that's a a lot of really difficult people to cover. And I'm wondering, you know, we're gonna have to see Roquan and, and PQ have incredible games, I think, in order to contain this offense. And I think it's like super exciting just from like a football fan perspective. I think so many people are going to enjoy watching this game because you really do have the most modern uh, offense and defense going against each other. I mean, if you look at the Villa rankings, uh, San Francisco is number one, Baltimore is number two, and it's like not even close. Uh, so San Francisco is really far ahead, and then Baltimore is pretty far ahead of everyone else. And there's like a cluster of three more teams, and yeah, you're. But the offensive DVOA is just like out of control for San Francisco, uh, number one, and <laughs> the Ravens are number four. And then for our defenses, it's, you know, two versus four. So it's just like really great on both sides of the ball. Um, and just, uh, like I said, like the way that they try to, like the way that San Francisco is going to try to attack on offense is exactly what the Ravens are trying to be good at. But um, one question I also have too, is like also talking about that middle of the defense is Kyle Hamilton going to be able to play the Joker role or is he going to be delegated to safety because of Marcus Williams' injury? I think that's going to be a huge X factor because if he's able to come down and cover Kittle or you know be in the flats, I think that will be huge uh, or be on um, Chris McCaffrey, etc. But if he's like, kind of stuck, quote-unquote, playing safety, I don't know if it's going to be as good. I think, it, in fact, if I were the Ravens and we don't have him, I would play Stevens in safety. <laughs> I would play Darby as the other corner and I'd have... Uh, Hamilton in the slot. I think Hamilton has to be in the slot for this game. Yeah, I mean, it, the Marcus Williams injury is really frustrating for this matchup for all the reasons that you said. Um, what Hamilton will be able to do if with him there, you know, that's going to be something that's going to be tough. Um, and I know you just talked about Kittle, you talked about McCaffrey, um, and a little bit about Debo. But I mean, a, a guy that that you know, you could shut all those guys down hypothetically. And yet you, we still got out here uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's having an incredible season for you guys, uh, Aaron. And, you know, it, it, his, his you know, quote unquote sophomore slump just feels, you know, very far away at this point. Um, already over a thousand yards receiving for this year. I didn't realize his yards per catch was so high. 18.5 is a career high if that ended right there by a lot. Um, 
what what's unlocked Ayuk to this this level this year? So I mean, I think that you started to see it a bit last year as well, um, towards towards the end of the season. Um, I think that what you get is somebody who is very very comfortable, kind of operating in that center of the field uh, uh, that ends up uh, being, you know, again, 15, 16, 17, 18 yards down the field in that kind of uh, um, intermediate area that uh, that the 49ers historically have been able to attack so very well. Um, I think that, you know, the weapons that they have, and again, I think like part of this is scheme, also uh also does this right I've, uh, one of the things that the 49ers have been very very good at is creating um uh creating routes that uh the levels pull safeties down which open up uh for Ayuk uh in in that kind of uh intermediate set, uh, part of the field uh and then i mean you know coming out of college he was a fantastic player right like he's i think this w- was him i think that this was him even in his rookie year we saw when Debo was out, uh, that, and sorry, I just got a cat coming across, but, uh, <laughs> when, when Debo was out, uh, in his rookie year, uh, Ayuk was a thousand yard receiver, right? Um, yeah, he, he didn't quite have that, uh, in year two, uh, and, in year three, uh, started to, to develop. But, um, you know, I think overall it is a matter of general talent, but I think that, uh, you know, those kind of gaudy stats where he's, you know, already sitting and I think he's uh, just under 1,100 yards uh, and that uh, 18.7 <laughs> average yards per attempt uh, or per catch uh, comes to us uh, schematically more than anything else. I mean, like just overall, though, like all of them are, right? there might be 3,000-yard receivers. Yeah. I mean, well, two, two plus a tight end, but. and and that like they're all very good and we all know that they're very good but i mean that doesn't come without the schematic advantages i think that shanahan gets yeah i guess before we uh, shift over to talking about the niners defense um you know i i I don't think that san francisco would be able to support everything they're doing with the skill position guys we just started you know talking about if not for their offensive line um obviously i think it's a unit that Unless you're a fan of the team, you don't really know them terribly well for a variety of reasons. But, you know, anytime I've watched a Niners game this year, they've seemed to me like a very, you know, very strong unit all around the board. Purdy's had some incredible uh, pockets to work with. Um, some of the holes McCaffrey gets are, are just insane. Um, when you look at their offensive line, I mean, what do you think are their strengths? And is there somewhere that the Ravens might have some uh, success attacking there? Yeah. So, I mean, the offensive line success starts with left tackle. It always starts with left tackle. And uh, when you have an all-world left tackle in Trent Williams, then uh, you got a good start. Um, and as far as run blocking goes, they are and have been a very, very successful uh, team. Uh, depending on some of the metrics that you look at, like PFF, I think, grades them the bottom third in the league in terms of pass blocking. Uh, which is a bit surprising. And you, wh- where you find that is on the right side. You know, McKivitz, uh folks like that are the ones that are uh, going to be uh, more likely um, to let down uh, uh, in the face of, say, you know, 
probably the best pressure team in the league and uh, in the Ravens. Um, I'd say the other part of the puzzle is at least for the 49ers trying to beat you folks is uh, relying on Kittle as a blocker in this game. Uh, it, he's obviously always been a fantastic blocker. Uh, and when he isn't blocking, he releases uh, and, and creates a lot of plays with uh, yards after the catch. But um, I was uh, looking up uh, a stat the other day, um, and unless it changed yesterday, uh, he hasn't had a blown block all year round or all year long, wow. which is just wow. which is just incredible, right? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> and so I think like that's how the 49ers are going to have to attack. But if the Ravens are going to want to counter, they're going to have to come onto the right side of the line. So I'd expect that the 49ers are probably going to try and bolster that side uh, using tight ends for extra blockers, maybe using use check as an extra blocker when needed. Yeah, it's a good insight. I'm a little concerned about the Ravens pass rush this game. Uh, it's been a little quiet lately. It seems like people are focusing more on, on Clowney and, uh, you know, obviously Matabike is having a, a career year and he's been successful and hoping to continue the streak, uh, of his half sacks per game. But I just don't know how we're going to get pressure, particularly like you said, with the all world left tackle and, uh, the other pieces on the offensive line. So I think it's a huge, it's a huge battle. And that's a, I mean, that's another part that gets underappreciated, right? Is how important that offensive line is to keeping the clocks running on that offense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, the one thing uh, when I was talking about their pass block, uh, pass blocking grade. Um, Purdy's been pressured on about thirty nine percent of his snaps, or like on dropbacks, I should say, not on snaps, but on dropbacks, which is you know it shows that you can get past and and create uh, some problems for him. And so you know if uh, and your defensive line is fantastic, right? Let your offensive line, sorry, your defensive line is fantastic. So <laughs> if uh, uh, your offensive line's fine, but uh, <laughs> we'll if, get to uh, them. <laughs> if, you, if you folks can, uh, if you folks can kind of uh, force a few times where Purdy has to uh, create out of structure, uh, I think that uh, you have an opportunity to create turnovers, and you've been pretty good at creating turnovers this year so far as well. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a matchup we're looking at. I agree with Alec. Um, I mean, gosh, how can I not? It's been seems to be one the number one talking point in in the Baltimore sports media uh coming out of that game uh last night is just that the pass rush you know against the Rams and against the Jaguars has kind of dissipated a bit which makes sense i mean you they're relying heavily on vet guys who who've been around the league a lot had a lot of wear and tear on their bodies and you know Jadavion Clowney and um Kyle Vanoy. and you know Tyus Bowser is supposedly still with the organization we we have no idea confirmed a lie confirmed a lie (laughs) yeah but um we'll see i mean justin matabike it's like every game he gets a sack every game he gets a sack so that we at least got that guy um locked and loaded if no one else is uh has energy to go but um yeah i guess shifting sides to look at this um big matchup here obviously is going to be Lamar Jackson, the dual threat that he possesses uh, versus San Francisco's defense, which um, for the most part, I mean, has been incredible this year. I mean, we talked a little bit beforehand. Obviously, you guys had that three-game loss streak going into your bye where the defense showed some holes. Um, and looks like during the bye week, a lot of that got got patched up. Um, I mean, you could make the argument that 
outside of the Eagles, you know, maybe not facing as good of offenses those games. I mean, still, you guys destroyed the Eagles. Like, they never had a chance in that game. Um, were there any, uh, um, coming out of the bye week, any obvious um, scheme changes that the 49ers did? Well, <clears throat> I mean, you mean other than bringing Wilkes down? No, uh, right? <laughs> getting, out, yeah. getting out of the booth and onto the field. Uh, right. <laughs> um, although, no, I, I mean, the I think part of it was kind of gelling. I do think that what you saw was that, uh, and what you see now is through through the first chunk of games, and you saw um, Shanahan criticize Wilkes for uh, some of uh, his play calls during the, the losing streak. Um, he was a bit more aggressive, was a bit more uh, apt to blitz. Uh, they've kind of pulled back a little bit on that. They're blitzing uh, at about 16.3% uh, of uh, of of snaps. And so that's bottom two or three in the league. Um, so there's been a conscious effort to go back to what's worked for the 49ers for the last, you know, five years, four years, which is rush four, try and get there with, with your line and, uh, and, and make, uh, make the quarterback, uh, beat you. Uh, but you have those extra three people kind of, uh, playing the zone. Um, so I think that's probably a big part of it. I think that the other thing <clears throat> that you saw, was that, and you're actually, I'm worried about it for um, for this game, is that during the three-game loss streak, um, there was a spike in the amount of missed tackles that uh, uh, the, the 49ers had or didn't have, I guess. Um, and, you know, they, they were uh, pretty good missing, you know, four, five, seven tackles, maybe a game. Uh, and then, you know, it was 10, it was 13 you know, during that kind of stretch. And over the last three games, they've won the games, but they've missed an average of 14 tackles a game. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think that they got a bit more sound. Uh, I, I think that they kind of got a, a little bit, uh, uh, they, they reverted to their roots um, coming out of the bye. And I think that those adjustments were really helpful. Um, but, I do think that part of it was a bit of a regression as well, right? Like uh, they they had been playing extremely uh, extremely well. Um, they lose the three because they're missing the tackles. They come back out of it. They're kind of uh, starting to play well again, and now they're missing tackles. And so my worry is that I'm going to be facing one of the best running quarterbacks we've ever seen and a fantastic running game. <laughs> And we're going to end up missing a lot of tackles and you're going to hit us for, you know, a couple 75 yard runs that, uh, that take the wind out of ourselves. But, uh, but overall, I think that's been the, the biggest uh, changes simply that they kind of went back to blitzing at a very, very low rate and kind of holding their identity. How'd you say the chase young trade is working out so far on the, I, so overall, I think that it's working out great. I think that uh, it, you're not seeing it on the box score, uh, really, but you are seeing that the rest of the line is getting pressures, uh, that, uh, and he's getting pressures as well. Um, sacks have gone up. I mean, we're, um, you know, I think you have the most sacks in the league. I think you're sitting at a, an even 50, um, but we, we, you know, we're, we're sitting at 43, and a lot of those, 
uh, you know, we've been able to uh, ramp those up over the last few weeks. There's been multiple sack games by Bosa, um, who's sitting at 10 and a half now after a pretty slow start to the season. Um, you know, you've got uh, Armstead, obviously missed last game, but uh, but he's been able to kind of get to the uh, quarterback. And I think just having another bonafide uh, stud athlete on that line that defenders or that uh, the offensive line has to kind of count for means that uh, it frees up uh, lanes for other people to get to the quarterback. And so that's been, that's been really great. Um, the one thing that I will say just uh, on ter- in terms of something else that they did uh, that kind of goes against uh, maybe what you would think from them generally is when they played the Eagles, they didn't, they, tr- they didn't rush as aggressively as they did or, or as they do with non-mobile quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. And so you saw them try and contain more and basically not let him get to the outside and try and push. So they would almost move the pocket to make him kind of try and have to throw. Uh, and, and it worked really, really well. And I think that, um, you know, if they want to be successful against the Ravens, they're going to have to try and do something to limit Lamar in that uh, regard as well. And that might be, you know, not selling out to try and get a sack, but trying to create, uh, uh create the time, uh, to make him have to, uh, to throw it. And obviously he's a fantastic passer, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it just eliminates at the very least or minimizes, uh, one of the best weapons in the league. And I think that that might be part of their game plan this week. Yeah, I mean, it'll certainly be interesting. Um, one thing going into this week, um, you know, which is going to be huge for the Ravens offense is going to be the uh, injury to Keaton Mitchell. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have been talking about it and just that the Ravens are going to suffer a lot from being able to run effectively against light boxes um, because Keaton was just a an absolute threat. Um you know, to take it to the distance, basically any play with the speed and, and vision. Um, and, you know, without him, um, you know, Justice Hill, he's got speed. He does not really have the same vision. He doesn't really have the same ability to break tackles as well. Um, it always seems like he kind of gets tripped up pretty easily. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that could happen there. there. You know, Todd Munkin definitely has to have an answer for that. Um, you know, one thing I was actually looking for, um, and I know it's early in the week, we're probably not going to, have information until later but i did notice that uh armstead and hargrave uh were ruled out for uh the previous game so those are your two interior guys so i'm wondering you know if i'm the ravens um you know that maybe that could be um you know an element to kind of attack on this 49ers defense to kind of go up the middle because one i mean you have gus edwards who we know is already a really effective weapon inside the tackles um, and two, and all, you know, and most more importantly, I think, is it um, sort of neutralizes the ed- edge rushers a little bit because the Ravens right now are kind of struggling at tackle. Um, they're trying some things out to try and uh, rotate with Stanley and and Moses with those backups um, for a couple of series here and there. But even with that, I, I feel like um, you know, I feel like this 49ers defensive line is pretty talented, and so. Um, you know, if, if I were the Ravens, I'd be looking to try and attack up the gut. Now, obviously, the downside of that is that you have two very good linebackers um, as well. So who'll be waiting right there. So um, it, it's not an easy task for sure, but that's kind of how I might attack it. Yeah, those linebackers are, are pretty incredible. I mean, both teams sport, you know, an incredible linebacker corp, really. Um, 
one of the things that uh, I've been very pleasantly surprised with this year uh, were, were tops in turnovers. Uh, we've created 25 turnovers so far this year, 19 of those being interceptions. Uh, and Fred Warner just quietly having four interceptions, <laughs> right? As a middle linebacker, as a middle linebacker, just kind of hanging out in the center, calling plays, and then dropping into coverage uh, and, and making quarterbacks pay that uh, uh, when they have to abandon um, the, the run, you know? So if the line is uh, doing its job and, and you're forced to pass, uh, he's, he's kind of a, somebody that can stop, uh, stop that uh, pretty easily. Um, you know, obviously our, our secondary has been all right as well, but the, that, that center of the defense is, is definitely a strength for the 49ers. Now, I think uh, the last report that I heard was that they're hopeful, at least for Armstead. I don't know about Hargrave. I haven't read anything, but, uh, um, you know, certainly it's a big boost. Um, if it takes an extra week for them to come back, I'd rather that, even though I want them there for the game and I want the, uh, uh, the best chance of winning. But, you know, I mean, it's – and Ravens fans know this as well as almost anybody – that uh, it's a long season and injuries can kind of kick your butt pretty hard. And so uh, <laughs> I'd much rather them just do that. And I'll just hope that uh, Gus Edwards can't rip off 5.5 uh, yards per carry all day long. But Yeah, I have my concerns about the run game now that Keen's out. So this will be a big test uh, for the Ravens. Also seeing that you guys have D Winters. I forgot about that guy until just now. Uh, one of the guys we like coming out of the draft. So... <laughs> See, he's doing just a little bit of contributions for you guys. Nothing too crazy. But, uh, yeah, man, like, like you were saying, that it's impressive that you get so many interceptions. Is it, do you guys run a lot of um, nickel or dime? Or, like, what kind of, like, alignments do you guys normally do? So, I mean, most of it, the, we're running out of uh, base alignments, right? Mm. Like, uh, the, we've got, uh, occasion, occasionally, uh, nickel, we're not running out a, a lot of dime. I mean, uh, I don't think that we have the, 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 the DB corpse to do it, to be really honest with you, uh, especially mm-hmm. when uh, uh, Fanga uh, went down. Um, although we've had uh, some young folks step up as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, oftentimes we're, we're just running a simple 4-3. Uh, but uh, uh, if, if we do anything else, it, it, it is definitely uh, in nickel. And I think that you see that uh, uh, more... Um, more, I, I think you see that uh, more often with a lot of teams this year, or sorry, not this year, just in general. I, I guess I should say the Wilkes runs a lot of cover three, uh, um, at least historically, and he has this year as well. Um, so he, you know, he'll he'll have uh, he'll have folks drop, but um, at least as far as I understand, and as far as I know, I think that the primary alignment we're still running out of is a, is, is a, a four three alignment. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean. You have two good linebackers, so going into the dime is is maybe not what you're trying to be built to do. So it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I guess just to you know go off your secondary. Um, I mean, obviously, you know when you look at this Ravens offense, it, it's hard to know what who's going to be going to be the guy that's going to pop. I mean, even going into the game, I mean, last night, who would have thought that Zay Flowers would come exit the game with just one catch, and that you know Isaiah likely would be the guy who relatively speaking, you know, <laughs> would get the big receiving game. Um, every week it had been a different guy rushing the ball. But um, when you look at that secondary, um, I mean, I, I know, you know, 
Alex just mentioned winters. And, you know, I know that, uh, guys like, uh, Trevarius Ward has been having a big year. Um, what are the, the type of, of players that this secondary has struggled a little more against? Um, are they more susceptible to guys who are, you know, more physical, like at, at the tight end position or, um, you know, speedsters like Zay, where there is there the mismatch for the Ravens um, skill positions going against the secondary? I, I think that it's uh, the, the smaller, uh, faster players. I mean, uh, you know, if you've watched uh, Ward play, you know, uh, against kind of those large alpha, yeah. alpha number ones, he's Metcalf, been pretty he's, effective yeah. Locked up at shutting them down. <laughs> Exactly right. I mean, you know, that's the one that we we see. I mean, he's been very successful against Metcalf uh, uh, in in a number of games. But so you know, it's it is often uh, those kind of smaller, uh, faster receivers, kind of uh, underneath that you don't generally see them get burned for massive plays over the top. It's 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 players that can kind of uh, create after the catch. Um, you know in some ways similar to what they do right uh the uh, which is i mean maybe uh maybe just uh, ironic or maybe it's by design but um you know so a team uh, or a player like zay flowers i think is the type of player that i would be more concerned of if i'm a 49ers fan uh i think that uh you know i'm not too i'm not too concerned with uh the tight end position because I think that our, uh, our linebackers uh, match up pretty well against uh, somebody like likely. Um, I think that, uh, um, you know, somebody, I'm not worried about somebody like Aguilar, <laughs> but uh, maybe, uh, maybe somebody like OBJ can break, break one or two off. Uh, but for me, uh, it's really, um, it's really the kind of short pass, uh, five to seven yards down the field that uh, uh, goes to something more. Um, and the only way that I think that that really changes is if the running game gets going and we start biting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, if you're able to get that running game going and, and we bring the safeties down, uh, you know, somebody like Zay has enough speed to burn us. But, uh, but it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be strong at the catch point down the sidelines kind of, typical X receiver that I'm worried about. It's really good to know too, because we have like OBJ and uh, Bateman who are more of those, those kind of guys. So it could be a, a tricky um, kind of tricky day for the Ravens offense. Um, if, it, if the only guy that we're hoping is going to be able to make uh, a difference there is they. I haven't. So, I mean, not to go off, but like I haven't watched enough Ravens uh, games over the course of the year. I've watched some of them. But it seems to me that OBJ has been um, very much as advertised in the last, you know, three, four, five games, uh, and that he might be able to provide, you know, a bit of a spark. And historically, I mean, he's been able to line up all over the field. So what what has his usage been like then? A lot of slants. What has his usage <laughs> been like? <laughs> I think at this point, well, yeah, I mean, earlier in the season, yeah. lots of slants for sure. Um I mean, against the Rams, um, double moves was basically his bread and butter that game. I mean, he was getting open, way open on a lot yeah. of double moves, um, at corner routes, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got he's he's still got good footwork. That game against the Rams, we talked about it last week. Um, 
you know, that was his best game by far this season. Yeah. Um, so his health yeah. is finally getting under him. Yeah, the big thing we've no- we've seen with OBJ this year is, you know, if he has to be physical with a corner, he's, you know, he's going to fight hard, but he's going to really struggle to have to, you know, to win those balls. But, you know, if if the defense is allowing him to run clean routes and giving him a cushion, then he's going to be able to catch it and, and do some things um, after catch with it. So, I mean, really, just, it really just depends on, uh, you know, how physical the 49ers want to be with him, I think, is going to depend on what type of game he has. Well, moving on, um, I guess this is the part of the show, unless anyone has any go-backs, that we're going to go into our score predictions and bowl predictions. Uh, Aaron, I don't know if you remember this segment from the last time you were on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so as the guest, you have the option to go first or defer. I'm going to defer. Okay. (laughs) Alex, since you uh, had to uh, record yours last week and have it spliced in, do you want to go first? Oh, sure. Why not? (laughs) Uh, actually, I changed, my mind. I changed my mind. You're going last, and there's a reason you're going last. Uh, okay. Chris right. and I are going to go first. Okay. Chris, do you want right. to go, or, or should I jump on? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Now that you've deferred it to everybody else. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, shoot, man. I mean, this is, this is a really, really tough game. Um, yeah, uh, man. I could definitely, I mean, I could see this going either way. Um, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like right now the Ravens are in a good mentality. Um, you know, they're just, they keep focusing on the next game. Um, they've won quite a few already. I think they really want to get that seed. Um, they want to get the extra buy to get healthy and, uh, you know, keep it, basically keep it rolling, you know, try to make it like 2019 again, but just, you know, this time don't come out flat. Um, but yeah, the Niners, it's gonna they're gonna be their biggest test yet. Man, man, this is really tough. Um I'm gonna give it to the Ravens and only because of this. Um I think the key difference for me this year is honestly Lamar. Um and I don't mean that in terms of like statistical, but just in terms of mindset. Um I feel like he's had another level of focus this year. Um and yeah, he does make, you know, occasional, you know, mistakes, that interception uh, against the Jags. Like that was one of them was like, why'd you throw that ball? Um he has a, a couple of those from time to time, but I think he bounces back really, uh really well. And I think the the number one difference um from this year, Munkin's offense is just he, you know, knowing to you know, he doesn't have to make the big play every time. He can rely on other people. And I, I really do think that that maturity, I think, is going to serve him well, particularly in games like this. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, he might be the difference to uh, to make this game uh, go in the Ravens' favor. So I'm going to say they win it. Uh, like I said, I can go either way. I'm going to say this one's really close. Um, you know, I've, I've said that we've had blowouts in the past and stuff before. So, you know, I don't want to take that lightly. Uh, lightly. But, um uh, I'll say the Ravens win, gosh, uh, like 30-29. And my bold prediction, um, my bold prediction, um, Hamilton pick six. We don't have too many interceptions anymore, but uh, Hamilton's been, been on a roll, man. I really want him to get a big play. Interceptions, yeah. We had one against the Rams, didn't we? I'm pretty sure we did. I don't think we had any against uh No no interceptions. It was a fumble. It was a fumble. 
fumble yeah. against the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, it's been a couple of games. Yeah. Stone's been. been a little has quiet. Been. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that's really going to be the deciding factor in this game, right? I think that for the Ravens to win this game, they're going to need to win the turnover battle and they're going to need to apply pressure. And like you said, the past couple of weeks, um, that hasn't been there as it's been the past few, um, you know, prior to the bye week. It, the offense, I think, has, you know, flipped a switch and has shown up better since the bye week. But the defense, from a turnover and, you know, pressure st- standpoint, not as much. Um, I think that that this team is, can certainly beat San Francisco. I think San Francisco can beat Baltimore. I think we, everyone in this uh, this chat, you know, believes that these are two very evenly matched teams, which is why I, unfortunately, and why I didn't want to go last, have to uh, pick the home team here to win a tight one, 24 to 21. Um, I certainly hope that's not the case, obviously, but, um, you know, with with them that qu- that close, if this game was in Baltimore, I'd pick the Ravens by a field goal since it's in San Fran, or sorry, south of San Fran, but that's region. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got to go with the Niners. Uh, uh, for the uh, bowl prediction, um, you know, I, I agree with what we're all saying with that uh, Justice Hill, he doesn't have the best vision, but... I've really liked what I've seen from him in uh, stepping up with his, you know, role getting kind of downgraded after the ascendance of Keaton Mitchell. I think he's going to step in. I think he's going to have a big game. I'm going to, my bold prediction will be 80 total scrimmage yards for him, uh, which would be a career high for him. So I feel like that's bold. I think he'll step in and he's going to be ready to, to take on uh, those extra carries. So Alec, I already know you're going to pick the Ravens to win because you always do. So let's hear it. Let's hear it before you hand it off to Aaron. The Ravens are going to lose 27 to 17. <laughs> All right. Well, at least, Chris picked, I was thinking. At, least, at least Chris picked them. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So I. Is the Ravens I, uh, the, uh, one winning pod first? Have no, no I've definitely picked against the, I, I have. I have. You have? Yeah, it's have. been a while. Go, go look at the sheet. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not often. I only do it when I really mean it. So I. I, I think the the reason I'm saying this is actually because of the key mental injury. I think the offense is going to really struggle in this game because they don't have the spark of key Mitchell runs. I'm not convinced. Like I, I agree with you that Justice Hill has shown flashes. I just I I'm very concerned about the. I, I've already seen this the last couple of weeks of just like we're not consistent on drives, um, and we'll just like falter somewhere. And I think without like a key and spark, I think with, you know, Mark Andrews obviously being out, um, I have concerns there. I also have concerns about the defense. If, um, Marcus Williams isn't available, I'm also just concerned in general because I, I, you know, adore McDonald, but is he going to be outsmarted by, by Shanahan? I could see it. And if you're trying to get the, you know, optimistic Alec Ravens view is like, this is, this is fine. <laughs> you lose this game to be able to beat him in the Super Bowl because, um, yeah, I think I, I just, I, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be a really tough test and I'm not sure if we have all the answers. I would love to be wrong, obviously, but yeah, I'm saying 27 to 17. Um, the, uh, over under is 46 points and the, um, uh, and the, um, spread is 5.5 in favor of, of the 49ers for what it's worth. So yeah, I, I don't love it. Like I said, I don't, I don't do this often, but here we are. Um, and then for my bold prediction though, I do think uh, Lamar will have a quite a productive game. I think he will end up throwing for uh, 
probably 225 and running for 80. So, you know, he'll have a, a pretty big game himself, but it it'll be because of desperation. And like I said, the, the barbell plays will be not in our favor. So hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Man. Well, this is, this is not good news, uh, Ravens flock, because dating back <laughs> to 2020, the Ravens are 0-3 when Alec picks against them. So he's only picked the Ravens to lose three times since oh, geez. the start kickoff of the 2020 season. All three of those games were losses. And literally Dang. just one pick a <laughs> year. <laughs> Hate that for me. Hate that for me. <laughs> yeah, but you got to go the other way around. When when does he call for the Ravens to win and they have lost? I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm just saying the, the three times he's picked them to lose. Only the only three times it was to he the really Packers, means I got, Packers I know, in twenty one, Titans in twenty, and last year. I mean, last year was week eighteen to the Bengals when we were starting. Uh, you know, Anthony Brown. I don't even want to count that one. Technically, I want to say this was zero and two, but. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess I've been thinking about this a bunch, and I, I saw that too. I mean, I saw forty five and a half, but same thing, right? Like, uh, and a five and a half point spread. That seems too big to me. I know that they're at home. I know that you get the two and a half to three from the from the books just for being at home. But I'm worried that the 49ers are not going to come out of this game uh, victorious. Um, I'm worried that even without Keaton Mitchell, that run game is going to stymie the uh, 49ers. They've been uh, run on uh, decently well over the over the season. Um, I think Lamar is a singular threat. Uh, and so I'm going to go the other way because oh, bounce it that out. way I get to be uh, happy no matter what happens. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say that uh, the Ravens win this uh, 29 to 27. Uh, I think that they're going to blow out the over under. Uh, but, uh, I think that the Ravens, uh, win, and my bold prediction is that Christian McCaffrey runs for receives and passes for a touchdown. Triple hat. Oh man. Like that it. would really throw a wrench into the MVP race. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He's a quarterback now. He's in consideration yeah. for a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> He's already got one passing touchdown this year, right? So there, right, you, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. The Ravens, the Ravens win, but McCaffrey gets a triple, uh, the the triple crown i guess yeah that's wow <laughs> yeah wow well aaron i i definitely appreciate you coming on the show um it's been a, a long while yeah. i guess back then we were just uh commissioning those uh lts leagues and now we're in this uh ridiculous amount of dynasty leagues together and uh <laughs> and nope. we're all fully uh you know helping pay for your kids college tuitions in the future because of uh, all these winds you're racking up against us <laughs> yeah right yeah, i wish that that were the case uh, but uh, last year was good but this year not so much yeah oh, <laughs> pretty man. sure seventh place in both leagues so uh yeah still up and coming <laughs> excellent well i really appreciate you folks having me on next time uh they're uh playing each other uh maybe we can go to the game all together in one city. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Christmas Day is a little bit tough. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you all live in Baltimore. I just need to, or at least near, so I just need to be on my way there the next time they play each other and we'll all go to a game. We'll see you in four years, man. 
maybe sooner Absolutely. with the new uh, the new scheduling. Wow. But yeah, that would be, uh, <laughs> be a great treat, yeah. and we will definitely yeah figure it out uh, for sure. That would be awesome. Uh, thanks for having me on. Well, you can find us uh, on Twitter at One Winning Pod. Email us One Winning Pod at gmail.com. and of course, you can leave a comment or watch the show on YouTube, where we have our uh, our channel there. Um, always appreciate your interactions, and we'll see you later in the week. Uh, have a great holiday, and uh, go Ravens! <laughs>